please come closer if you may. Just to recap briefly from what was coined as one of the most uninspiring shirim ever. Um, one of the one of the ways I justified it to myself was that the space is not conducive because it's very diversified and it's very hard to speak in a, in a very large room when you're trying to share intimate ideas and the more dispersed people are the harder it makes to convey those ideas so um, I would really urge those of you who are, who are kind of cowering, cowering away in the back to, to, to come forward to come forward to come forward even one or two rows will well, I think greatly, greatly enhance my teaching experience and with the help of God, yours. What we've been discussing and playing around with and delving into is in the first chapter of Derech Hashem and he discusses the notion of belief in God and we dealt and we attempted unsuccessfully to experience a little bit of what the Imuna would be when in the first paragraph the Ramchal says um, that there is there there is a first being a primary being now we have first doesn't mean in terms of historically he was he was in the past. It means he's the causal beginning of everything else, which actually means that it's referring to the being of Hashem in the present. Because the present is the constant causation, the constant experience. Now, this is, again, I'm going to try, probably unsuccessfully, try to capture the notion of the present yet again, even though last time we did fail. But, if at first you do not succeed, you should you should try, try and try again and you'll always fail you have to change something <laughs> that's the one part of the people that they don't get this. you have to change something so I'm going to try to change something first of all since uh, last year I think my understanding moved a little bit forward and I've got a new thing to throw out there at you um, there's a Matsurishin there's this being which is a cause I am when it has a specific taste to it and that is that there's a concept the being is HaKadosh Baruch is the Abishta, he's making everything happen right now. Kadmoin, he always was in the past. Nitzchi, he'll always be in the future. We connected that to the three properties of the divine name, the Hashem Avaya of Hoya was, Hoive is, Yeh will be. And we said that's the energy that we experience in the moment. And he brought into being and brings into being. And that is God. I want to explain that this is a notion of the experience of life as a new experience. There's two ways you can experience life. The practical consequence of the notion of a constantly universe which is being constantly per millisecond regenerated is that the fact that this finger that I'm holding in front of me right now appears to be the same finger that I was holding in front of me right now when I said I was holding in front of me right now is an illusion. This finger is a brand new finger second by second, minute by minute 
year by year. There's no such thing as a finger which is it's just been recreated, and it's just been recreated. My experience of the finger is it's the, it's, it's the same finger. In other words, even my experience of my body, let's say, from a biological perspective, from a biological, from a physiological perspective, that my actual body isn't the same body I had three months ago, doctor. All the cells have been regenerated. In other words, there's, there's actually nothing the same about me that was there three months ago. But if you ask me, do I have the same body? I say, sure, I have this body for ages. It's born, I had this body. It's maybe changed, but I look at my bones, I look, I look at myself as a solid, unchanging structure. Or very minimally changing. But I don't look at myself as something which is, was, wasn't here three months ago. Every single part of me, I just simply did not exist. The physical form that I'm presently occupying didn't exist three months ago. Purely scientifically, it didn't exist. That's not my experience of it. So we lose out in the experience of the, 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 the danger of missing out the experience of the newness of every moment is life becomes boring and stagnant. Imagine if I could experience the newness in the world. We get bored because we're hearing the same thing again and again. If every single moment is a new moment, you never, ever, 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 ever get bored. Because you've never seen this before. You've never encountered this before. You've never experienced this kind of experience before. The problem is if, oh gosh, I've heard that and I've done that and it's another, all more of the same. So imagine if breathing, as an example, every breath would be a different experience. So one of the ways we can attempt to do this is by imagining that some mundane activity that we perform is being performed for the very first time. It's called the creation of newness in life. Imagine, imagine as if something which is simple, as simple as, now we're going to try imagine it, I want to attempt this. Okay. Take a very deep belly breath. <sighs> Relax. Okay. Now imagine if you want to if you want to experience the sense of touch as if it's the first time you've ever ever in your entire lifetime experienced touch. What I want you to do is choose with your right hand any amount of fingers you would like and run your fingers over a surface of your choice. I'm running them over my stender and I'm feeling the smoothness. Now imagine if I've never felt smoothness in my life before, I'm feeling it for the first time. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, if you like another texture, take those same fingers and now experiment with a texture of feeling skin. And this is a strange experience. Feeling skin, run your hand, run your fingers over your arm. Huge chidush. What's the chidush? 
The Chidush is, you're feeling something that you're feeling. Because you are more says feeling. So now you're feeling the feeling of feeling feeling. For the first time. And then take your hand, take your fingers, and put them directly beneath your eye. Mmm. Hmm. Do any of you have a sense of newness? Newness? No? What's wrong with you? you can't, like, Why can't you fall into my desires and goals? <laughs> I will throw you out of this lesson. No. No, okay, it's fine, it's fine. You don't have to do it. I can just accept you. I'll accept you. You're accepted. Okay, let's not put this way. Was there anyone that had a mild experience of newness in that process? One? Raise your hand if you had a mild experience of newness. Not bad, statistically speaking. It's actually, it is, it is a skill. It is a skill. It's a skill that maybe, maybe I've tried to practice in the past. And for me, I actually get a kick out of it. For me, it feels new. But even if you can't experience the newness in the moment, we should ex- be able to experience the newness in the day. Waking up in the morning should be an experience of not, oh gosh, another morning, like every other morning. But today is a brand, brand new piece of life. The fact that we perceive life as a continuum is a pure illusion. Every single moment is new. This has a lot of different ramifications, but one of the most potent ramifications is emuna. Emuna. Because if everything is new, that means there's nothing locked in about what the next moment will bring. Only when you understand that every single moment is new can the sea split. If everything is a continuum, so water flows, water doesn't stop flowing and become solid. Water flows. If everything is new, so one second ago, there was a divine decision to allow water to flow, and one second later, there's a divine decision to let water remain solid. And a second later, it could flow again, or it could turn into fire, or it could become a little mushroom, or a man called Jim. It could all happen. It's possible. It's possible. The emuna in the power of the Creator is inextricably linked into the experience of the newness of every moment. There is no such thing but the illusion of nature. That's That's our experience of God. In other words, when you have that, the more linked into that, so the more hopeful you can become. Because nothing's set. Everything is potentially changeable. Everything. 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 A miracle means that, what does nature mean? Nature means there's a status quo as to what the general cause and effect should appear as. Generally, our Kodesh prefers that the world presents itself as an illusion of cause and effect. And sometimes he says, no, I'll, I'll give you an insight into the reality. But generally, the reason why I set up those rules is because I wanted you to function in this in this place according to those specific rules and in fact you have to obey those rules as well you can't go against the rules of nature but they're rules sometimes the rules are broken they're rules they aren't nature in English is the wrong word they're not nature they're rules they're not nature 
The difference between what we perceive as nature and rules is we perceive nature as a fixed entity. Whereas the created world is completely and totally flexible. Only what? The majority of the time the creator decides it will behave according to a consistent pattern. Other times he says, no, we'll break it. But it's not locked into anything. There's no locking in. Think about humanity. Think about the created world now, more as a human being. One day, the tree decides, do you know what? Quite frankly, I have enough of producing leaves. I'm going to stop the leaf production for a moment, and I refuse to photosynthesize. Okay, obviously the tree didn't last very long, but he died in battle. <coughs> the, the whole nature of the creation becomes a completely different entity. And then you start to think, hmm. You start to, it almost evokes, again, I don't want to go too out into the uncharted territory of mythology, but you see mythology, there was a giving human characteristics, and now you see how close, how people who worshipped idols were a lot more in touch with the spiritual world than we are. Because they felt the power behind the nature. They found the energy behind, and they realized it wasn't a static, so they wanted to try to lock into that. We realize that that's also an illusion. There's a, high, there's a higher power. But they weren't, they weren't completely off the mark. They felt something there. People were very serious about their trees. If you bumped into and desecrated a tree shrine in the Black Forest, the punishment was death for desecrating a tree shrine. And the way they used to kill you was, I don't know if they killed you first, or they first tied you to the tree, and then they slit open your stomach and tied your innards around the trunk to serve you right. <laughs> so again, trees are a big thing. Trees are... Trees are in the, there's a specific terminology in, in the, the halachic literature to describe a idol-worshipping tree. It's called nashera, and the and the different man, the different ramifications of the fruit of that tree in terms of could you use, for example, an esrog which grew on a tree of nashera? Could you use that to perform the mitzvah on Sukkot? Of so, I think that's a very important point that we have to move towards and be aware of and the way you measure your emuna is in your capacity to experience newness but people who get trapped in the stagnation of life can't believe that God can really help them because life's a fixed entity I am limited the world is limited this is going to happen so what can God do? But one who understands the depths of what this emuna is that every single moment is up for grabs anything could happen Anything could happen. Nothing is dictated. Generally, the creator chooses their runs according to a certain system of... But that can be, that can be overridden sometimes. Rabbi Hanini ben Doisa, famous sage from the Gemara, his daughter made an error. She decided... She didn't decide. She erred and put instead of vinegar into Shabbos candles, instead of oil, she put in vinegar. So she confronted the father and said, Tati, she spoke Yiddish. Tati, she didn't read she said, Abba, spoke her name. Abba, um, I've got, I put in the wrong thing into my, into my, into my oil cans. I put in vinegar. So Abkhani Medoisa said, no. Whoever told oil to burn will say vinegar burn. So he said, oh, okay. There you go, she used the vinegar. What's the difference? What's the difference? The difference is generally vinegar, that same design shouldn't burn. Today, design should burn. No, big deal. 
what I'm trying to give over to you is that's not just nice theory in a story in the Gemara. That's locked into my experience of life. That's locked into one thing. This is a fascinating relationship. If you are bored, you don't believe. <laughs> How's that for challenging? People who are bored, people get bored, no emuna. Because you only get bored with stuff which is old, old hat. Emuna is every moment. Whoa, look at this moment coming before. Whoa. <laughs> Everything's happening all at once. Experiencing that moment, so then you understand, oh my gosh, do you understand how liberating that is? Do you understand how liberating that is? Right now, if I'm living in the world of the boredom and cause and effect, so this is going to be and that's going to be and I am this and he is that and now we're in this straight jacket of being and nothing can change and if my head is tilted towards the left side, so shall it remain. And then all of a sudden, you said no. 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 Every moment could go anywhere. I could do anything. Because there's no limitation to being. The only limitation is degree of emuna. Degree of emuna. Reb Moshe Lepir once said, it was a fascinating point. He said, if you know the sea will split when you walk through it, the sea will split. It will split. It's no problem. Reb Ira Levine, who was a tzaddik that lived in Jerusalem during the, Pala- during the British Mandate, he used to risk his life walking literally in minefields to go visit prisoners in the jail. There's not even a, it didn't occur to him that he could get hit because the bullets were meant for him. The mines were meant for him. They were meant for someone else. The greatest story is Khanin ben Dois as well. Khanin ben Dois is a fantastic, ph- phenomenal character in, in the Gemara. Khanin ben Dois was known for this capacity to there was this Okay, I'm not going even skimming the, the, the surface of this Gemara, but the Gemara discusses this. It was called an aroid, some type of very, very deathly. You'll get it, you'll get it in, in Gemara Brachas, don't worry, you'll get there. You'll, you'll meet Rabbi Hanina ben and, and it will be a different. Once, once you've met Rabbi Hanina ben your life will be a different place to live in, I can assure you. So, this aroid, I hate to spoil the story, you know, I'll read you the end of the book before you've got there, but Hanina ben there was this aroid and it was killing people left, right, and center. And it lived in a hole. Shreb Chanina Mendoza. It lived in a hole. A hole. A hole. It's called an aroid. That's a Hebrew term. For some deathly creature. I don't know what it was. A snake or a reptile. I don't know what it was. It was, it was dangerous. It's dangerous. And it bit people and they died. Look at that. Just bit them and they died. Shreb Chanina Mendoza went over to the hole where this aroid lived. And he put his foot upon it. And it bit him. And do you know what happened? It died. So Abkhina says, He said, Snakes don't kill, sin kills. Isn't that interesting? In other words, what's chait? The word chait. He says, Chait, the word chait doesn't mean sin. Sin's got all the Christian commentations. Jews don't sin. You can't sin if you're a Jew. You can't sin. You can't be sinful. There's no sin. There's no guilt. There's none of that stuff in Judaism. There's something called chait. Chait means deviation. That's what the word means. If you want to say you missed the target, you say, to miss the target, lahachti et hamatara. You went off course. Chait is when you go off course. When you go off course and you don't realize, your being doesn't realize 
the, the power of the moment, it's all happening in this millisecond, that's where it is, it could happen, you could expand this millisecond into a universe if you chose. So then, so then these things don't, you know, it's, it bites me and it dies. Why, why should, if it bites me, should I die? Why not, it bites me and it dies. I'm alone. I'm alone. Why, why, why should we settle for natural when we can have the supernatural? No? Wouldn't you like to be Superman? That's, what, that's why we enjoy watching Superman. I don't know if you enjoy that. Those of us who enjoy watching Superman, superheroes, fantasy, that's because we want emuna. That's a part of ourselves which realizes that things are really supernatural. And that's why fantasy is so exciting. Because that's what life should be. Even for accountants. Well, maybe not for accountants. <laughs> so that's really, really... Yeah, uh, Gary? Well, that's very well and good, but the sea doesn't split. So you mean you don't have a muna? No. So, okay, so you're saying to me, Rabbi, that's all well and good, but I don't have a muna. So what do you want from me? What do you want from me? You want me to give you a muna? Yeah, here's a muna. Where's the muna? Who put the muna? You put them, where, it, sounds, them? it sounds very like out there. It sounds out there because you don't have a muna. What do you want from me? Do you want me to give you a muna? Do you want a muna? Do you not want a muna? It sounds from what you're saying. It doesn't sound like you want a muna. I don't think you want a muna. I actually think you don't want a muna. I think because if you had a muna, so then life would look so different that you're not willing to accept that change in perspective. I think you're anti a muna. <laughs> You're just being practical. <laughs> There's no such thing. It's all just an illusion. Do you agree with him, Shinav? I agree with you. Oh, well, gosh. Only because I, I lived two weeks of my life like that, but I wasn't able to do it again. But I did look two weeks right after that, and a lot of things that you said I could relate to. And then someone shot it down with that exact thing. They're like, you're crazy, man. And I was like, okay, I'm a little bit crazy. And then I, I guess I, it was, I'm working to get back to that point where I was able to live life where everything was like a movie. But it's very hard for people to keep on telling you that that's not practical. So the, good, well, what, what, the point is, how quickly should you get there and what are the steps required? They agree with you. Okay. Meaning, maybe, maybe you, should not, you should not be testing your luck at walking through minefields to do good deeds at this point in time. I mean, you could, but I'm saying the results may be tragic. Hey? I mean, you can try walking through the ocean because the mice, uh, worse comes to us, you get wet. I'm saying, I mean, it's not like Atchila, especially if you're like fully dressed. But no, many Hasidim go swimming fully dressed. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. If you be to a separate beach, you see people, you see them, hats, long coats, jackets, and you see them running towards the sea, and you assume that they're going to stop, take off their clothes, and jump in. And you see they just carry on running. Okay. Carry on running. So you assume maybe they're visually impaired and they didn't see the sea. And then you say, no, that was Mamash like Atchila. So it could be every one of them thought the sea was going to split. Could be. <laughs> Adam Krieger. The thing is that right now, we don't have to walk through the sea. That was what the Jewish people had to do then. We have different oceans or seas that we have to walk through oh. every day. Oh. So it's, it's about not trying to repeat word for word or action for action what they did, because that was their test at this time. But in our own lives, we have our own personal uh, seas or tests that we have to walk through. And that for us it's living those things uh, with, with the moon with that beautiful application meaning with the way that Adam's 
moving on to the metaphor, he's saying that the sea is an obstruction I need to bypass. And when I see this obstruction in front of me, I say, there's no way in the world I can get through this. I can't get over this hump. I can't. The hump is more than the abilities that I have to get over. And I says, well, that's only if it's a hump. But it can split. Joshua. But even people with greater moon nevertheless if tragedy befall them. Sure. And complete faith of the tragedy wouldn't befall them. Um, I don't know. You know that for a fact? What do you mean? You're driving home, you're completely confident that you're going to make it home to see your family. People get to drive a car on the way home. But okay, I don't even. Confidence. You ask them before the before the trip. Is there any chance? I don't know, Joshua. I don't know if that, I don't know if that's the kind of emuna I'm referring to. Anyone can be cocksure, right? Right. So to being because emuna over here means the knowledge, the absolute internal surety that the Creator is energizing every single molecule in the in the in the created universe, and there's no such thing as real cause and effect. And it's purely the will of the Creator. And the person is completely linked into that, and therefore he doesn't see physical things as obstructions. It's a completely different level. It's not just, I think I'm going to get home okay. Different. Davicha. So a person that develops this kind of emuna, and he sees the world in a whole fantastical way, how does that make him closer to Hashem in that sense? He's living in the real world. He's not living in the world of illusion. That's fantastic. No. The world that you think is a world of fantasy, that's a real world. The world that you think is dreary day, that's a false world. The, 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 the Ramchal just told us that Kosh Baruch recreates the world every second. So if we perceive that the world is boring and limited and mundane and there's nothing really happening and you can't fly and you can't swim under, underwater like a dolphin, so we got the wrong point. You can do all of those things. But only when, only when you live it. So the real world is a world of supernature, and nature is an illusion. Daniel. But how do we? How would we plan for the future? Or like. Okay. Now, good. But do you know what's really strange? Is most of the time the world functions according to real cause and effect. Real cause and effect. And the question is, what was the intention of the Creator in creating those rules of cause and effect? So now let me illustrate a different in terms of do you perceive things as rules or do you perceive them as nature? It doesn't modify perhaps your behavior, but it modifies greatly your intent. You and I both go jogging. We don't say you and I. We'll say Reuven and Shimon. Reuven and Shimon, because we always say Reuven and Shimon, don't be banai. Reuven and Shimon go for a jog. Why? Say Reuven, why are you going for a jog? Got to be healthy. Say Shimon, why are you going for a jog? Got to be healthy. Say Reuven, what about jogging makes you healthy? And Reuven goes into an elaborate physiological discussion about the need for cardiovascular, um, cardio, cardio, not vascular, cardio active. Cardiovascular. Exercise, there you go. Um, and because when you win, and the effects that it has on your blood sugar absorption, etc., etc. And therefore, when I go running, I will be healthy. Um, Shimon says exactly the same thing, but he says one word Hashem has decreed that 
when I will go running, it will do this and this and this to my body, and this will produce this and this health. And therefore, since Hashem requires me to be healthy, I'm obeying His rules. One is much more like Shulchan Aruch. He's told me what to do. He's given me the intellectual ability to extrapolate from the natural world how cause and effect works. And then he expects me to be obedient because since he created the world with those rules in place, he communicated his will to me in two fashions. He communicated his will to me through the Torah and he communicated his will to me through nature. And he expects me to obey both unless there's a room for exception. So I could be, I'll, I'll jog either way. But the question is my intent jog. And where will the difference come? The difference will come is the person that's jogging because that's what nature is. He'll never sacrifice his jog to do something which is a higher nature because he feels, feels it will be self-destructive. But the person who's jogging goes, will of Hashem. What happens if now the will of Hashem is you've got to do something and you have to stop jogging completely? I say, okay. Because I'm not competing against being fit and being, being healthy and being unhealthy. I'm completing to fulfilling the will of Hashem and now there's a higher will that that's, that's, that's imposes. So the person's got his jog to do. Okay? Comes a jog to do. And as he's about to go on his jog, his two year old starts crying. So right now, there's two conflicting wills of Hashem. Be healthy, take care of your child. Let's say at this point in time, it's more important to take care of your child. So, okay, no jogging, I'll take care of my child. Hashem has decided that I don't need this jogging to fulfill his will. person that's into fitness says, I can't take care of the child because I have to have my jog. And there's trillions of other ramifications in terms of you do the same thing, but the intent is different, many different practical differences. Um, We're still then affirming the idea that there's like intrinsic order. There's intrinsic order, but we, we're saying that the order, the, 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 the crucial difference is, is the order a fixed imperative structure or is it the will of Hashem which is open to change based on Hashem's decisions? Can the sea ever split? In the world of science, never. In the world of Hashem's creating the science, for sure. Because He chose the molecules to play by these rules today. Tomorrow He says they'll play by different rules. So even though, on that, on the, that's the point I'm trying to make, externally everything looks identical. But there's one intent which shifts absolutely everything. The study of science, exactly the same study of science. But with one kind of, there's one clause, which is, any of this could be suspended at any moment in time. And the scientist, who's an atheistic scientist, will say this can never ever be suspended. But everyone agrees to the complexity and intricacy of the same level of causes and effects, and also extrapolates from that, this is what we have to live by. Because Hashem communicated this message through setting up this cause of effect. But the reason why I'm living by it is not because I want to be healthy, it's because that's what Hashem wants from me. Well, we'll have to maybe try to explore this idea a little bit further next time, but I thank you all for your rapt attention, and goodbye.